introduce everybody. This is Thomas, a wonderful, wonderful player, person, musician, keyboardist, and um, I, I don't even introduce the name of your band. I want you to say it because it's such a great It's such a great band name. It's so fun. So I'm gonna have you help with the intro, okay? All right, Mr. Hello, and uh, you said I was a wonderful person, which uh, I, you are. I, we've been talking for a while, so I can I can vouch for him for the past well, part of the thank morning. Thank you, because I thought I thought you you made that. Uh, you made that decision quickly, but I, I thank you for this. The name of the band is Gaspacho, which <laughs> for those uninitiated in the culinary arts is a Spanish tomato soup that is served cold. And, and the name came from uh, back in the day when when John and uh, Jan Henrik and I were in the studio making some songs and the lyric for a Marillion song called Gaspacho was uh, running in the background of the screensaver because those are back in the days when we had screensavers. I don't know if we have those anymore. Yeah, I think we do. And and we thought, well, this music sounds pretty good, actually, and it's it's interesting. And then we thought, why not use the name Gaspacho? It it was it was also partly because we were we were sort of half joking in the studio as well at the time, and we wanted to see. While we experiment, we also wanted to see what would the band Marillion, which we were huge fans of, what would the band Marillion be like if they had Latino beats? Much in the style of early Mars Volta albums that you oh, yeah. some of those. Cabasas. Okay, yeah. I, I like Mars Volta. I didn't even think about that. That is, that is a really great connection. Yeah, I love the Mars Volta. Oh, huge. I do too. I just didn't even think about the connection between your earlier music and them. I didn't even put that together. But there was an element of humor in there as well, because Marillion was is a very serious band and mm -hmm. songs are very serious. And we thought, what if we made a, a funny version of Marillion? And then it all turned sour and, and turned very dark very quickly. And I think now we're known as, as the bleakest and darkest band in the world. I have to say, two days ago, I tried that new Google chat bot thing for the first time. Yeah. What's it called? Mr. IT guy. I have no idea. I don't even care about that kind of stuff anymore. The artificial intelligence oh, chat thing. You know what I'm talking about. I know you're talking about. I don't even, I, I've literally just given up on uh, technology for the most part. But I tried it and I said, write a lyric in the style of Gaspacho. And the thing came out with this life is dark. Everything is terrible. The night is crazy. And I thought, really? That's how even the artificial intelligence sees us as dark and bleak? Because we're pretty lighthearted. That's literally like a teenager just taking a, a young child or a teenager. Yeah. Taking in the information and saying how they see it is what artificial intelligence kind of does in a way. It's a very generic one I think um, I'm very nonlinear. It's a very flat-sided view of how yeah. they take it. It's very literal. And mm. I think that's why I've had no interest in it, in it to begin with. Just like I don't like when music's, you know, put in, like recommended or like I said, I, I keep Siri turned off. And I'm not afraid of Big Brother. I don't care if God, if somebody wants to be bored out by, by spying on me, God, if that's your life, ugh. You really need to get a life. Yeah. I have nothing, but to that point, it's just I don't need. I I can find my own stuff. I I find I found your your band, um, on, onto my own. Like I can find my own movies. I I can I once I have directions on my phone, I don't need you telling me anything else. Like, yeah. and it's not a dick for somebody else. I enjoy the fact of a human that I still have a brain I can search for stuff. So to me, having that little extra help there when I need it is all I need. I don't need uh, uh the other stuff. Does that oh, makes yeah. sense. Totally agree. But you know what? I just thought of now, if if the, what's it called? National Security, NSA, right? Yeah. If they're actually watching people or other governments, I wonder what the insights they get into what humans are like are, because they can actually, let's say they were watching you all the time on the cameras around your house. Mm -hmm. They will see you exactly as how you are when you think you're alone. And none of us have ever seen other people when they think they're alone for prolonged periods of time. I wonder what they've learned. They I wonder what they know about people now that they can't share because they're not supposed to be watching us at all. But yeah, I'm wondering yeah. what, what, what they've gathered. The only time people go back, to A, is if something happens. Because to watch something in real time, when you're in life in real time, it's like having a life-size map, the joke of, a, I have a life-size map of the, of the United States in my pocket. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you just, you're already in it. How can you go back and watch 24 hours and something just happened? Then you're already, like, in a negative, like, so a week went by, you can't possibly consume it all, even on a monitoring no. business. So at the best, I think the computers are doing some kind of um, bot 
algorithms where they're, where they're, they're, they're doing keywords. Like when you get a job, like when you go for jobs and you do the interviews nowadays, and it's probably the past 10 years, and I could be a little bit wrong. And, and if anybody has an opinion on this out there watching, keep it to yourself. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it changed where if you do a resume, there's like to be like 20 or 30 words and you have to put these keywords into your resume. And when you provide the job and said HR going through all these things, it would it would find them and then put you in a pile and then the humans could go through it, right? Yeah. So that is kind of what I feel, and I could be kind of wrong, but I this is the feeling I get with technology. What I know is a lot of the world is still kind of key based, word based. So if you say say something for some reason your phone is picking up why you earlier the conversation, if you say something like dogs and it comes in your feed, I do think there's a keyword. I don't think it's as big a big picture on the security world. Maybe on the monitoring, as far as like when you when you let uh, them and you say Siri turn on this song, you know what I mean? Like I don't do that because that has a weird thing where it does have AI and it is learning your voice and it is learning things, yeah. so it can behave against you. So it has a different intelligence built into it. So I think it does pick up more than it needs to, and it's because it's taught to use what you say to it. Yeah. So, but you're only choosing what to say to it. But it's taught just to learn all the time. So, kind of like asking for what you get at some level because. You are teaching it by leading it on. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Um, so so to me, I don't think everything can be consumed. I don't think the world's could and I think people are just naturally boring. I think you'll see less smiles, you'll see more grumpy people, you see more depression and yeah. more sadness and more loneliness. And I think nothing would be scarier than people seeing people that are lonely and scared than than the actual than think of some kind of crime. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean the the, the AI watching all this is gonna get Terminally Bored. depressed. Yeah, I start to get depressed and be jumping off things. Like that was really weird. Why that why that robot jump off a cliff? <laughs> Bored. Yeah, imagine like, the AI I can't do this anymore. It's, it's I, I quit. Brilliant. I quit. Join a chess club. Yeah. Fly to Mars. Yeah, I do think if that's you are really into someone's music or mm -hmm. literature or painting or whatever. You can't fathom where the hell is this stuff coming from. For me, I've been open about this for many years, but I'm a huge Kate Bush fan. And I can't, I can't fathom how she managed to land all those songs and lyrics with with such incredible beauty. Yeah. Now I know in real life that it comes from shitloads of hard work. She spent every single day in the studio working on music from you know dusk to dawn. Uh, so that's where it comes from. It, it's all work, and of course circumstance. I mean, her brother right. was a. Uh, a, a friend of, of David Gilmore, and and that always helped back in the days of. But if you didn't have the talent, it wouldn't matter who you're friends with. No, that's this I agree with. Whenever anyone asks me, I, I've got some I'm great relationships now with the yeah. show, and but no one's going to give me a record deal for my guitar playing. Trust me, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, you know. Yeah, but if if you write an amazing album, it will be released. I guarantee. Right. Everyone's always looking for something fantastic. If you if you made the Bohemian, if you wrote Bohemian Rhapsody tomorrow. You could just walk into a record company and say, I'm here, I have arrived, and here is your latest, here's my latest album, and, and and call my lawyer. The only way a record company would appreciate it is only because it's only been out and successful. Very yeah, rarely will the originality of something the first time out be caught. That was even caught the first time. Yeah, I know. Was it a single? Was Bohemian Rhapsody the first single? I, I think it was a fight. It was a struggle, and people thought it was insane for doing it. And, and that's how you know you're onto something great, even if it fails. Doing something crazy and pushing the limits that excites you is already a success. Agreed. That is that is the meaning of success. Mm -hmm. Definition of success is coming up with something that is so new that at you're bursting least, with excitement yourself inside. Like you're like, oh my god. Yeah. You know, and and also if if you write something like that, where where did this come from? You know, how lucky am I to be able to to be somehow channeling this stuff mm -hmm. wherever it comes into the world and i think but but to sum up if you, if you roll bohemian rhapsody in your basement tomorrow you could basically just send it off with a, it here it is and they would sign it immediately so there's no secret and as you said it doesn't matter who you know it really right. doesn't matter who you know it helps it helped it helps. You, you know what i say is when we're talking about these everyone doing these basement things i don't think enough props is given when we talk about the um boston when Boston's album was done, he created his own tools. He created the album Boston and recorded it in his basement. This yes. was way back before thing. No one, everyone seems to forget about how brilliant that was. That album, the songs, the melodies, the harmonies, 
That's just like one dude who he didn't even have certain equipment. He invented equipment to keep processing what his mind was creating for music. That is just insane to me. Like insane yeah, in the is... coolest way. Like, can you imagine just like you're like, I need to do this. And it's all different now because we have computers. But this wasn't then. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's it's it analog. Good. It still holds up. It still yeah, holds yeah. up. He's working on tape and he's, you know, I mean, now you can fix so many things in the computer. Yeah. So that, that's, that was an amazing story. And I think it also, again, proves that if something is, if you've got something happening that is exciting enough, mm-hmm. you, it, it will find a way to get out and into the world. I sincerely, you have a phone in your basement and you're creative. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter as long as you're not a robot, because that's kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that, it, it will eventually end up with that. I mean, I think that... Uh, it will. And it, eventually, yeah. this the new excitement of this part will change, too, because it won't be new anymore, because everything will be done by everybody. And yeah. it, it'll be just like before, where it was into rules. You know, everything changes. And then it'll have to shake it up again somehow, hopefully, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're deconstructing society itself now. And I don't know what we're going to put in... The old in society. I don't know. I, I don't know if you need to. It's very dangerous to play around too much. As, as, as you said earlier, you had a great thing that you said before we started recording, which was that the 70s was the last station before technology came in and, and did its thing. And I think that being born, I was born in 1972, so I managed to catch some of those 70s and early yeah. 80s. And I remember the first computers that we, you know, we've both been up with the entire trip yeah and i think uh being a boomer now i think that uh it's Would it interest you then now computers like i'm i was born in 70 so we're like like i said we're very close in age yeah um but like when computers came out in college for me 89 yeah. 90 the first version i mean it was like they've been out for you know five ten years i mean you can go back further but to me yeah. they're just word processors yeah i didn't you know, care I, no i'm an it guy now i didn't care about computers until they could actually do something fundamentally interesting to me yeah, that was. I was going for music, and I could care less about computers at the time. Can you remember the Omega Five Hundred? Oh, I can remember all of them. my roommates used to have them, all these computers, yeah. and I was like, I get where it's interesting, but to me, it just wasn't interesting to the point where I could do something with it into what I enjoyed doing. I could see the I could see the future. It wasn't like I thought it was wrong, but it didn't relate to what I, I'm like. That's great, and I could see the data and the information is where it's going to be right now. Yeah. But unless we translate it to something like media and, and and music and stuff you know especially going to school for video and recording until it could process switches over at that point it was mostly like a lot of office you know desk job stuff yeah. it was more it's geared towards right. type that's what it was right but the 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 knowledge of data the potential was great i mean nowadays you see the pictures of those rooms the computers they're like a whole office is full of computers and that that data thing is the same thing was on a flash drive from five years ago the size of that memory you know yeah which is bananas. Um, yeah. You said something earlier, You, you the band name, you started with Marillion, which is kind of fun, um, how serious they can be. Now, I've talked to Steve, and actually earlier, earlier I talk, I, I've spoken to Fish. Yeah. And, and um, which I really find funny, um, with it being such a serious band, there's something very lighthearted about them as people, but not even goofy. It's just, very lighthearted. I don't know if you find that with them. I do. Their music. I do. It's, I... it's surprising the music's so heavy like that because speaking to both those icons, yeah, that's not what you get from them. You know, no, not at all. Not it's, at all. It's 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 an, an exuberance of kindness also comes from them. Yeah, I actually because uh, I sent uh, Steve Ogarth as uh, he's the a, singer now. Yeah, he's a friend of mine because or, or of ours because we toured together right. back in two thousand four. And I sent him a Happy New Year's message this year. And I said, you know, I've never been, I can't remember. I was just joking around. I said, I've never been more proud of you. And he sent back, oh, Happy New Year. Why? <laughs> and then I, and the reason, and I had to ask myself, why did, I, why did I write this? I was a little bit, I'd had a few drinks. It was New Year's Eve. And then I realized that the guy has always had a positive message. Mm-hmm. Now, I said Marillion was serious, and it is a serious band. But if you look at the Steve H stuff, he's always been a positive yes. voice. Mm-hmm. He, he's always talking about how things are going to get better. He's, or they, but but his his lyrics are always, I would say, uplifting. 
Yeah. So, and he's a really funny, down-to-earth, beautiful person, as, as you experience. I don't know Fish at all. I've never met him. But uh, there's, there's a positivity in his message. I don't know if Fish has the same. Uh, yeah. I've never thought about it. In the, I think Hogarth I think if you go back and listen to it, it's 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 very different. Yeah, I actually talked to Steve, a guitar player. Um, but I agree with you on that, especially on the lyrics. But with Fish, first off, I was, it was very nice because he doesn't usually do interviews. He does his own show, and the first thing he said is, "When I reached out to him, he said uh, I don't really do these at all, you know, because it's not his thing." He goes, "But I looked at your stuff, and and I liked I liked you, and I liked what you're saying. It felt real, which is." such a compliment because there's yeah. nothing more you want to be in life than real to somebody and, yeah. and honest about something. Um, so it was very, very kind. And, um, and we talked for a long period and he's very open and he, and it, and there's a positivity, a positivity of not just being uplifting words of showing the struggles you've gone through or your challenges and believing in it. That's still a different type of positivity and inspiration that somebody else would take because somebody just want to hear, yay, you know, live, laugh, love. Some people want to say that guy down the street, that woman down the street, my teacher, every day they had a problems at home. They had to deal with this person, this, whatever. And they come in every single day and they teach those kids. And they're not telling jokes, but they're doing this. Yeah. I'm not saying he's negative or melancholy, but I'm saying is there's still a positivity and something that you don't hear inspirational by living a, or, or doing your own art way, your art. Through struggle and challenges to to get your your end point and sticking with it no matter what, I mean Agreed. he quit he quit really at the peak because yeah. he believed in something that's inspirational. You know, when we were younger, we're like that's bananas. When yeah. you're an adult, you go, God, that's brave. Yeah, that was brave. That was to crazy. do what you want. It's yeah. it's crazy and brave because you're like from a business where you're like that's how would you, and but you know what? to to be so into yourself and confident. And to just do what you want to do, no, no matter what the world says, people are judging you because now you have fans. Not even what you care anymore. Your thoughts are gone. Yeah, yeah. money, this success. I don't care. I just want to do what I want to do. Yeah, that was that was a very brave thing to do. So I mean, it's a different type of inspiration and a different types of people, and, and um, which makes a, a, a band even more fun. So it's, I, I like the fact that you, you you know some of the core of you guys was inspired from parts of Merlion to begin with. Yeah, you know, because yeah. there's yeah, a lot of layers in there. You know, we've always yeah. been open about that. No, but I like that about that. That's one of the things I like. It's, I find it very endearing. You know what I mean? Yeah. What would you qual qual qualify your band now as a sound? I know I've heard the word art rock. I don't think it's art rock now. I mean, what would you? I don't even know. Yeah, that's that's a. I always hate this. That was, a, that was an old term, and it feels like I think of art and noise. When I hear art rock. <laughs> yeah, art, I didn't even know what art rock is. I don't. I don't either. With, with the label, I think I think with with expatriate music is, I would say it would be. It's difficult because I now I wanted to say cinematic music and then I felt like an ass, you know. So, but it's supposed to be okay. The, I, I warn you now, this is going to be a long answer. We vote. Yeah, I mean, you should. You know, you should go. <laughs> off stretch first. I don't want to get cramps. Okay, I'll, I'll call you when I'm done. But <laughs> it's, we've always been very, very sensitive to the fact that there is so much music being made. Mm -hmm. So I've always claimed that if you make an album, you need one hell of an excuse for why you made it, because we do we need more music? I mean, there's yeah. more. I could listen to music for 100,000 years and I wouldn't even be past the first percent. That, of wait, all right. Hold one thought, though. Is that why you do music? If you didn't do music for a living, just say you were a school teacher, a postman, um, a milkman. Yeah. With your skills that you have right now and the music burning in your soul. Would you still not do music as a hobby? No, I would make music. I would make music, but I would right, not. Point, so, what if nobody was consuming it? Would you still make it? Why do painters paint and not get famous till after they die? You, if you, if you're an artist and you have it in you, it's not yeah. about what you need. Is it does it work out well? If society wants to hear music. Yeah, because insurance isn't free. It's nice to live comfortably. There's no reason why a band shouldn't get copyrights and and paid for publishing, and they shouldn't be successful. Why can't they use their music in a commercial? It's nice to get paid, but yeah. to the point is. It doesn't matter if the world needs more music. You need to get it out of you. And then from there, it's yeah, a benefit if the world wants it. It was. It's a very interesting question. That's just my thought for, for yeah, you being an artist. It's an interesting question because why the hell do you need an audience? If you claim that you're this person, you've got all this stuff burning inside you, 
why does it feel so damn great that thousands of people listen to it? That's psychology right there. That's an acceptance level. But an audience also helps pay to allow you to expand your creativity. Because if you do have more toys and more tools and you don't have to worry about that, your 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 sick family and you can put your 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 parents in a house because they allowed you to live for free in their basement and create music. If you can take care of some of your other emotional needs that aren't 100 percent music based and you can focus back on music and create even to your next level. Yeah, this the is money true. in the audience does help help that in the in the early stages. I mean, it can get kind of wonky after a while. Yeah, but the but, soulness of money in the beginning can be good. Money's not evil. It's the use of what you do with it when you. This is true. But let's say you were a, a billionaire, right? If I won the lottery tomorrow, would I still be releasing stuff? And I think yeah. I probably would. And I, I, and the reason why, at least I've tried to fool myself into believing this, is that the audience is not narcissistic, is not feeding my narcissism. But I think that an audience or our narcissism, I should say. But the, an audience is a group of people who out of all the billions, what, 8 billion people on earth, these are the people that have something in common with us. And they clicked on the same thing that we, right. and they, by by being a part of the program, they appreciate the fact that someone mentioned something that maybe they feel should have been mentioned in music or in words, or someone said something that they wanted to be said. Right. And I think I think the the brother and sisterhood of that is the the main argument for why an audience is a, a wonderful thing, apart from the money side. Which, by the way, if you want money, then you know make. I mean, I I will make more from making one jingle for a TV commercial. Yeah, right. Than the entire Gaspacho album, definitely. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 not for money. And it's not for fame in any sense, but I think it's for, it's for the personal satisfaction of creating something which, which I think is damn good sometimes. Yeah. The other personal satisfaction of finding other people on earth that are like us, because that makes us all feel less alone, I think. And there's nothing wrong with, so, so with that thought, it's like, is it bad if you give somebody a hug and they feel good and you feel good? So it's mutual. Is it, are you being selfish or because you want a hug from somebody? Are you, is it, you know, they can say like Mother Teresa, you know, when she got an award or whatever, she wanted to melt it down and give it away for the poor or all these different stories you hear. Her whole life is dedicated to doing that. What happens when you do something for somebody? How do you feel? Good, right? Yeah. So I imagine she felt good best. She probably felt best when she was helping people as a human being, right? Yeah. So was that selfish? So was she doing it to be selfish because it really made her, that's what made her feel good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything makes it different. So you could argue the point. And I'm not saying she was selfish, so people don't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My point is, you could argue the point that she was being selfish, and that's not true, I don't believe. So what makes you feel good and other people like and how it works in that relationship, it's kind of debatable. You know, I think if you feel good and other people can feel good, it's a double bonus of being a human being and humanity, because that's kind of the goal in life. You know what I mean? So yeah. if creating music inspires other people, Something you do, you already feel good about. If other people like it, that's the best. It's like when you're in charge of, you know, taking care of somebody, you help them out. You you, are, you take a pet or kids, and you help them grow. You know what I mean? It can be selfish in a way, and, and and not selfish. You know what I mean? But I think it's also there is music seems to hit harder than most other art forms. Music heals. Music can be like a medicine. Oh, definitely. And I don't know why I've been trying to figure this out for, for for all these years why why do why can a tune hit you so damned hard and i'm wondering if you know i have maybe i've read theories maybe i made them up but i think you know maybe your mom sang to you when you were a baby but then again why does why do mothers automatically sing to their kids because they do and why does it soothe the kids and you know so why why especially song why is song so strong i know what from mixing albums, I know that the only thing you hear, like when you mix an album, then idiots like me will sit there listening to the snare drum. And when I listen to everyone else's album, I listen to the voice. Yeah, right. Can you remember, can you remember the snare drum on Bohemian Rhapsody? No, I can't. But there are there are some songs I can't listen to because of the snare drum because I did go to school for recording. It took me a long time to get over that. 
I'm like, this is a brilliant song. I can't believe how bad that snare drum is. Yeah, all like, right, all right. But come on, there are a couple it. songs you've done in the studio, Tom. It's ruined you. Just like I can imagine any career you have. You're like, you know, you build houses for a living. You go out, you go to someone's house. You're like, God, that, that's a beautiful house. Look at that that banner there. Probably could have been tightened up a little bit. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's an occupational hazard. But I, and I remember. But I agree. Worst... I agree with you. I'm just, I'm just giving you. A, I'm get busted on you. Yeah, but one. I have to tell you, the worst one I had was when I was working on a mix for such a long time, and then I, I thought. For some reason, because I've got these Amphion studio monitors, and I put on Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Now, I don't know. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I would think most people would agree that Billie Jean was somewhat successful. Yeah, and I think most people would agree that Billie Jean was probably well mixed. Yeah, I give you that. Yeah, I give you off the wall. I like. I actually I'd go back an album even off the wall. I think is, is the best album produced in sound wise he's ever done. I'm not even a big fan of Michael Jackson. By, by yeah, no, me, me neither. But but the sound anyway, wise, I agree with you. I put on Billie Jean, and all of a sudden, and there's a shaker. And then I thought the shaker was too loud. And then I was annoyed by the shaker. And then I listened to it a couple of days later, and of course, everything was fine. So your ears get into this weird space, and you, I mean, you need to take breaks, which of course I didn't. And that has been that is you know, a big mistake, because it's the if you take, if you're mixing for one hour, if you take then you can either spend the next three hours trying to fix the problem. And that, the ear fatigue is the worst. And it's brain fatigue too. You need to actually listen. I think listen to different music. I think like we went through a phase in the studio where we listened to, um, remember the band Cameo, Word Up, and all the, they have really great songs. They have a, they had a song called um, Front Street. That was like the the wine palette refresh we do. We play yeah. that song in the studio, Front yeah. Street by Cameo, yeah. as an as a ear cleansing because yeah. of the sounds of it. It was well produced for that for, for exactly that song, but it really changed what you were listening to, especially if it was like a hard rock thing or this or that type of music. Oh, yeah. it was very it was a very funky song, so you're like it really helps to mix it up, so you're not focusing on that stuff. No, I mean, as I said, especially snare drums are just such they're yeah. hell on symbol symbols and snare like anything like that shakers that hold there's something like that frequency and if it's too dry it kills me and if it's too if you put a reverb on it i just want to go near the room like i i don't know how to deal with it emotionally i think i should see i should see somebody about that because it's like the worst thing for me and yeah, you have you, to do live drums because i can't not hear live drums otherwise i don't like it either yeah so you go to the shrink it's like so what's bothering you and you're like yeah. it's snare drums man it's the snare so, drum yeah. killing me man Everything else is fine. That's how life is. It's like water. Life is like water, but the drums, the drums what gets me. The snare drum is what's yeah. screwing everything up and destroying it. Hi-hat too. Some hi-hat will get me too, but that's another that's another show. <laughs> yeah, and especially and especially cymbals. Yeah. People who use crash cymbals for rides. I think you ride, yeah, riding your drums also could be a thing. Yeah, I just want them killed. I want all of those people killed. And no and the, no, no. <laughs> you can ride your you can do a lot of riding at the very end of a song where it's a big finale and everyone's kind of going crazy. But, yeah, but it's 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 like it's it's like I once said about acoustic guitars. You know, you can play the acoustic guitar at a party, but you can also choose not to play it, which is you know, much preferred by all. You know, it, I'm it not is. saying you can't play it. I'm just saying that we would all prefer if no yeah, one played the acoustic guitar, and maybe better if they were left away from crowds and crowded rooms. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can get away with it at a campfire when you kind of know there's nothing else to do and everyone's engaged. If everyone does it together. Like in an outside setting, as I could see more fun. And do the kumbaya I, that. Could well, work. no, even even just fun 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 songs like that. You guys know as a generation. I've never been in that situation with either of them because I don't. I never went to those kind of parties when I was younger. And I'm not that guy now. So yeah. Yeah. I could see it. And if I was in a party and somebody started doing it, I'd be like, eh, you know. Yeah. And I love music. I hear you in that yeah. one. But you know, we were having a great conversation, and all of a sudden, someone started playing the acoustic guitar. It's <laughs> it's you know why are we playing the acoustic guitar? Like being in a cafe. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my that's one of my pet peeves. But I wish not to offend any guitar players, so I apologize in advance. And I think uh, I think you're all wonderful. Well, it, it, here's here's the thing: why why you'd want to do it? Because a, as a musician, and you don't have that things a chance to perform music you enjoy in front of your friends and get the accolades is pretty awesome. It is. It is. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm being petty. I'm being petty. No, 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 no. But that's, this, no this is this is me doing both sides now. But on the other end, all your friends are together. If they wanted to go do music, they'd probably go to a concert. So, but they also want to appreciate you. So it's this really weird relationship where, like, you, you, you as a musician, you want to have a chance. And that might be your only chance. So it's cool. But then your friends also may just 
of course, they're going to support you, but they also kind of want to have a talk time. So it depends on that type of world. Um, for me, like something like a cafe now for an artist, what I'd rather do is sit and watch an artist. I, I'm not a big fan of background music. So I find distracting A from at an event with the background music. It's not to the artist. Sometimes it can be infuriating that I'm at a show or something or a showing of something, you know what I mean? And there's a great classical trio and I'm looking at an art thing, right? Yeah. And people are talking to me. I'm like, you kind of shh. I, yeah, I just yeah. kind of want to listen to the trio because they're beautiful. Yeah. And even if it's an art show, their background, everyone gets subjected to different positions depending on what the event is. Now, next time they could be the main show and the art could be on the walls of the show they're playing. You know what I'm saying? It depends yeah. on your perspective. So to me, sometimes I'd rather listen to the music at an event and not hear the people. And it's not the design of the show. Yeah. So just, it really depends on where your mind's at at the time, you know, right. and who you are and what your goal is. Um, but those are distracting to me because sometimes I'd rather just listen to an artist or just talk at one thing. I don't, I'm one or the other because I don't want to put music in the background too much. You know, no, no, I no. can't. Enya, Enya, Enya is good for background music. It's relaxing. It's beautiful, but it's not overtaking my mind. <laughs> that kind of new age where you have a like, beautiful music, but where I'm not challenged. You start doing like different things. I want to pay attention to you. You know, I don't want to talk. Yeah, I, I agree. And and I've found the same thing. I found that, especially when autumn comes around and, and the nights get darker, I found that if, if I listen to just smooth jazz background music, just mm -hmm. leave it on, then it the depression doesn't hit as hard because it's just jazz. It's just, first of all, jazz is funny because it's so it damn cool. So I find it just funny that, you know, people just, blah, 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 you know, it's, a, it's just, I don't know why, but it's I find crazy it, that you think it's I'm actually new, it's 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 very punk. Jazz is punk. In an attitude, yeah, it's just as punk. I, as I punk. totally agree, but I think it's the first time anyone said that sentence. But jazz is definitely punk. I mean, you just do your thing, baby. Do your thing. It, 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 first off, it's very complex music, and, and and I love to go back to jazz and sometimes on a topic because I'll talk to somebody like you know, like a band like Helmet, very metal, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Paige I've, Hamilton, I've, a fantastic I've, musician. He's very much into classical and jazz, complex musician. And it's like a lot of jazz arrangements. He's admitted to me, like in Zeppelin and jazz, into the arrangements of of, of, um, of Helmet. So you don't know where jazz is going to sneak up, you know? Point and, I mean, it is, it's not always the best loved. Everybody hates it. That's not a musician. You yeah. mean, and nobody gets it or they find it boring. I mean... I'm a, I'm a Zappa fan, so you really appreciate some of the, the, the jazz transitions or the, or the influence. And you can have the jazz influence in an artist, but not have jazz that you think of jazz. No, I mean, you know? jazz Jazz is... It's everywhere. Well, it's everywhere. But jazz is, first of all, the chops on those guys. Yeah. Do you realize how great players some of those... I'm a huge fan of Django Reinhardt. Oh, God, yeah. And the string swing guitar. The guy mm -hmm. was missing some fingers, but he was still... Just this, the music is just so cool. How can you be cooler than a string? Swing? But the point is, like, it, it's, it's, it's like the most, it's, it's not, it's, but it's so crazy, but it's not even punk. It's like super talented artists with a punk attitude. Yeah. And and I don't They're, think the two of them go together for some people. You can't consume two. It has to be one or the other. It has to be chocolate or vanilla. It can't be that. It can't be a swirl. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> the weird thing is that, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that there's so much damn good music. I've been getting into the early music. I would say a lot of jazz, a lot of jazz guitarists lately for me. A lot of the older jazz guitarists and and, and uh, blues, um, like horns players and stuff for me. A lot of deep dives that way. How old though? I'll go back 40s, 50s, 30s. I just keep going back further and further because I find an artist I like, right? After we yeah. talked today, besides I've listened to your music, your music's in my normal ro rotation as a lot of artists I listen to, right? Because I listen yeah. to very, like, whatever. But now after us talking, I'm going to have to just talk about Mars Volta. I'll go there. Next thing you know, I'll probably be going back even further. Like, as we talk about this, let me go back and listen to more, more artists again. Um, it depends, you know. I love if I see an artist like this person and I say, Oh, this this artist likes this artist, who who inspired, you know, you know, whoever. And I just keep going back and back, you know what I mean? Yeah, Which is always the best thing to do. That's 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 my mantra, really. Two things I say is either you as an artist and as a musician, uh, you should you serve the song. And if you're and if you're a fan, what is your favorite artist that you like? Who are they into? And then go back again and keep doing it. Yeah, and you're going to surprise. And you're going to really, you're, you're, you'll, you're like, I didn't even know you liked this type of music. I didn't get where this came from. You know, and I think the Paige Hamilton, Hamilton thing is a great example for somebody who's like, I'll be just a pure metalhead. You're like, and he listens to Zappa and he, play, not Zappa, I'm sorry, he listens to uh, Led Zeppelin. 
and and he listens to um jazz and he actually does jazz performances you know there's guys in thrash bands that have jazz trios like you can't just put it down into one thing so if if, if as a musician you serve the song as a fan if you listen to what your the artist you like is you can be pretty fulfilled off those two things oh yeah 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 i mean the only issue now is that uh i think life is a tad too short i wish the especially for all the music that's out there <laughs> yeah, I, yeah no no i'm i'm, I'm talking about because I, I still feel that there's so much stuff i need to go through mm-hmm. and listen to and i haven't had my i'm not full at all i'm still hungry for lots of new stuff and I, I wish agree. that I wish that whoever these people who are responsible for the length of life, if they could add ten or twenty years to the end, I would be much appreciated. So, if any of you are watching this, <laughs> get on it. End, isn't that what? What's the name of these these gods that cut the threads from Greek right? mythology? <laughs> you know, if they could just uh, put me further down the list, please. right? Because <laughs> I, I still need still tons of stuff I need to listen. I'm getting into also now. Some of the more contemporary classical music, and by you feel and, by happened. I mean, and by that I mean contemporary is in the 1920s, right. so so not as contemporary. But I think some of these modernist composers are are getting to me now. I you never, think in the past 10, 20 years, actually even 15, 20, 10 years, you your perspectives changed so much. Like you feel like I feel like yeah, I know what I like, I know yeah. what I like, and but I, I'm still open. Don't get me wrong, but never not this open. But man, these past 10 years, even before COVID. I was like, I'm like, I can't hear enough. I can't. How can you listen to everything? I'm like, I listen to everything. I don't like everything, but I like something from almost every genre. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't, just because my show has everything on it, I don't like everything. You know, I have an I, opinion. But I, I do like a lot of different things. I keep learning more and more things I have no clue about. And that's that's my 40s and 50s for you right there. As time goes on and my mind opens up even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine what you're going to be like at 90. You're going right. to be all, you know, all oh, over okay. the place. But with my memory, though, it might not even matter because I just might remember three things anyhow. So I, yeah, I just keep repeating myself on the same hey, three things. Hey, I just just a couple of days ago, I heard about this album called The Caretaker. Have you heard of that? No. It's a six and a half hour long piece. Uh, electronic music about mm-hmm. a guy who is following the, the various or going through the various stages of dementia. Artist is called The Caretaker. And I can't remember the name of the. Let me check it out after this. Too. Yeah, you Google it. Google, and it yeah. sounds a little bit like that ballroom music at the end of The Shining, but oh, nice. with some reverb on it, and it's far in the background, and it's supposed to be a very dark and scary experience. And I'm looking forward to that because, as you were talking about, as you, as your mind opens, I, I find that whenever I discover new music, it's almost a little bit like opening a window onto a new. It's inspiring road. too. On other parts of your life, you oh, hear oh, it, you get excited, you get excited inside, and you start thinking of other things because of that it makes you think of other things. Yeah, but if you can open a new window into a new little interesting world, and you can shut it and do another one, I just think that the the curiosity and the and the magic of doing that is just it it's so fulfilling and so exciting that it's impossible to to fathom that it's going to end one day, either by yeah. the dementia or by death itself, which I hear is is a very, very permanent. definitive ending to things. I heard the, it's very permanent. It's like I've heard it's very permanent from the reports that have that have come to me. But um, my goal is, I mean, I'm going to be the silver surfer. I think I'm out of here. Tell everybody, don't I don't care. Take my ashes. Take my organs for people that need it. Scatter my ashes. I'm silver surfer. I'm out of here, man. <laughs> I got yeah. a galaxy to surfboard to hit. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I wonder what if, because if you look at evolution, right? Evolution does not care about us, apparently. So evolution just makes sure that we procreate and that's it. As long as you do that, that's evolution is done with you. Which means that you get like, there is, I read about this, I can't remember if it's a goat or a sheep, but there's an animal where the horns eventually grow into its eyes and blind it and kill it. Oh. Because evolution doesn't care because this happens at such a late stage that as, as long as they've had their kids, then there's no reason for that not to continue happening. Yeah, that feels like you build a car and 15 years in the airbag starts going off. They don't care about it because it's, a, it's really just a design flaw. Like there should have been a yeah, recall on those. You yeah, know what I'm saying? It feels yeah, like a design evolution, flaw. Evolution's not here to be nice. Evolution is there because it's there. 
There's no thought behind it. It's, it's not so, emotional. Just no emotion. It's not, it's not emotional, baby. Only people are emotional. No one else is emotional in this world. Yeah, but what uh, what got me thinking is what if, since since there is no good force, according to what we think now, since there's no good force watching over us, what if you die and, you're, and your soul or whatever it's called gets stuck in some limbo? Like what if all of a sudden you're the silver surfer you're saying, so now you're the silver surfer out in space and there's a billion years of nothing. Have you read that short story by Stephen King called The Jaunt? No. It's about a kid who's teleporting and you have to be and this, this you have to be put under the, so for the teleportation machine to work and the kid forces him doesn't take the pill or whatever and it turns out that during that teleportation he spends a couple of billion years just in a dark space and he goes completely crazy as you would that imagine. would be my biggest nightmare that would be my biggest nightmare that is the is, biggest nightmare and he comes like out asleep or not existing or thinking or whatever is fine yeah. So what if death is that. like this? What if death is like that? And then that because, would be the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. And we don't know. So now we're all scared of dying all of a sudden. Yeah. So well, now, I planted this in your head. I'm so sorry. It, yeah, it's gonna have to take some space up because I'll tell you, I do have there's a couple of things of my my lifetime fears I talk about. There's there's uh there's sharks, there's electric blankets, electric there's sharks blankets. with electric blankets, and 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 now in my life, I've learned that alligators can climb trees. So not only can I Google that, you'll see alligators climbing trees. So if you can alligator, they can climb as big as this. And you're thinking, it's cool. You all can know alligators. An alligator chase you. You're going to run up a tree because they're so long. And it looks like it looks like they're not designed for tree climbing. They're climbing trees. See, that's the evolution I was talking about. That's scary. That's that's yeah, horrifying. That is, that is end of day stuff for me. So those are some of my fears. Electric blankets are really sketchy, too, because you're – I feel like that's <laughs> – those are awful. Talk about that for a minute. What's wrong with an electric blanket? Well, yeah, I had them as a child in the seventies, which is also just scary because the seventies with an electric blanket. Because we're talking earlier, yeah. the seventies are just scary. Yeah. Um, because you can just short a those blankets, especially the ones they first made, were like literally flammable. Like every child's pajamas in the seventies were. You couldn't be more flammable than dipping it in kerosene before you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, okay? they were probably so as a child. I was in flammable pajamas, and the blankets themselves were that weird, felty material of the. Electric blankets. Yeah, they're made mass. Anything made in mass quantity is going to have a problem, especially yeah, electronics. Cool. And yeah. and it's not even you can do the best you can. It's just this is how it works. It, it's, it's about numbers. It's like cars with how many accidents in insurance companies. It's cheaper yeah. to have ten accidents in this car, it's, and get sued than fix the problem, which would cost X amount of money. So it yeah. really comes down to that. So something could catch on fire with a really flame, you know, encouraging. Material on top of another flame and cursing material, yep. a small child wrapped in it. Yeah, that's that's that is scary to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. That is scary. And also, getting anything electrical in bed, kind of in itself, yeah, you know, is 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 scary too. And I get why they did it because when it was in the old days, when you had the other hot, um, it was almost like a the pole. I don't know what it's called. Excuse my history, people. And you put it in the bottom of the bed to kind of keep it warm. And the, or the blankets back in the day, it was, you know, yeah. that I can imagine had smells like everything was dirty and probably, probably cold. Who knows what was in it? And the bed would get dirty. I get why you'd want to progress. Yeah. I get the theory of it because it looks being cold in bed. Honestly, just get a dog to lay in your bed. It's just way safer. Dogs aren't imploding that I know of yet. It's still yeah. early. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my other, my other fear. We've really gone off the track today. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the importance of knowing who like talking about what you think about for your music though. You know what who I you think are. about. Yeah, that that's true. I mean, it's we could. I'm sure that all of what we talked about is, I suppose, part of of uh, part of the package, because <laughs> especially with with something like Espacho, which is so, I would say it was weird in many ways. We were, after all, the first band that actually and really tried to destroy the universe. Uh, which which I would suppose is, I don't think anyone has actually done that before. Not successfully, no. They're still trying. Yeah, well, we're still trying as well. <laughs> I think it's it's probably the first time anyone did that. So it's so it's it's the kind, Gaspacho, because we're all sort of creative types, and Gaspacho has been a great place to throw all the creativity into it, like a big mm -hmm. bucket of creativity you can just throw ideas into, and stuff will come out the other end.
And and like our, our I would say the I think the album which is considered the best one is the one which is from two thousand seven, which is called Night. And and the whole thing came from the idea of just considering where reality where dream ends and reality starts. Because if you have a dream at night in your bed, mm -hmm. then you're pretty sure that that didn't happen. But then again, if you look at stuff you've actually done in your life, like things you did 10 years ago, I mean, can you be sure that that actually happened? I've had dreams know, I can't. Did you know I recently read that every time you, you, you pick up, every time you remember something, the brain brings the memory back up and then saves it again, which means that your memories change every time you think of them. Every time you remember that, the story of that will change a little bit. Which means that, so now, if something has happened years ago, is it real? Did it happen? Well, that's if, what they say about doing uh, police. When the police ask you what happened and, and witness yeah, yeah. views. You'll be totally wrong with everything. All witnesses are, are, are totally different. But my question is, if something lies in the past, has it actually happened at all? Okay. Because you, oh. don't, you don't really know. And we know that the past is gone. So let's say if I died right now, an horrible fire in front of you, right? Let's say I was in an electric blanket and I burned to death now. Then the moment, the second after I was dead, would the fact that my death was painful matter at all? Because it has passed. Yeah. I think if you look at if you look at the level of comfort that we have achieved through technology and through capitalism, which has many bad sides, but many good sides as well. Bad side is what destroying Earth. But all the stuff that we've created on the shoulders of giants, of course, and then we're still depressed means that the, the solution to happiness and the meaning of life does not lie in wealth. No. Because we definitely and certainly need a roof over our head. And, and, and as you said, food and you've got kids and you're insured. And, you know, if you have a heart right. attack, now someone's going to come pick you up and try to help you, you know, and then somehow we're still down in the dumps and depressed yeah which means that there is an element missing and i think that element may be meaning we've managed to lose meaning on our way towards wealth we chose i think we picked the wrong door we need to bring somehow find a way to inject meaning back into our lives I can see that. I think one of the other things is in the brain is is like the ocean, though. We'll never tap to the bottom of it. I think there's the chemical paths and make different. Like what, what would soothe me is not going to soothe you. It's so vast that. Yeah, it's 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 the most complicated object in the universe, the human brain. And, it is. And by some fluke, evolution managed to to come up with this, and I wonder how many other planets that has happened on. People talk about alien life as if it's it has to be these really smart, big brain, gray. They're always gray. You know, why yeah. couldn't they be? Why they're gray? You know, come on. But <laughs> but I think that it's it is a I think it's a really strange occurrence what happened on Earth. So strange that the fact that we're screwing around with life itself and, and now, you know, playing around with talk of nuclear weapons and and and, and and environmental destruction isn't that evolution though i mean it's it's sad but isn't it, it truly evolution evolution of a creature it definitely is because you know you if you're the i always i always think but if you're in the stone ages again right if you met a guy out in the woods and the stone ages there's no law there's no nothing your safest bet would be to kill him mm -hmm. quickly because he may be a nice guy he could maybe he could join you you could be two dudes hunting around but he could also kill you in your sleep so the smartest thing for you to do would be to just expedite this guy and get him killed, and that will increase your chance of survival, which means that aggression will always be built into humans. And also as an ape species, which in itself I think is an embarrassing thing, you know, being an ape. Come on. Embarrassing embarrassing for the apes or for us? <laughs> both. both. But I think in At this one case, point, I think it, it was earlier on it may have been embarrassing for us, but now I'm thinking I'd be embarrassed if I was an ape. I'm not really... <laughs> Agree, but you know, apes are crazy guys. They're crazy, and I think you know. I wish, I wish we could have been a cat or something more elegant, you know. But then we wouldn't have the thumbs and everything. But maybe cats can have thumbs. But I'm, I'm just thinking that it's 
with evolution getting us to this point with this brain, it means that we're such a special occurrence and such a weird thing that we should probably try to hang on a little bit harder to preserving the human brain for as much as possible. Oh, yeah. But our, our race to be the best, like any species would do, or to be the top of the alpha chain, is yeah. destroying it. That's, I'm saying that's what it is. I, it, I think the fact that we have the, the, the thought process of having good and bad and all these other emotions Whereas a lot of species don't. I mean, you'll, some species have a nurturing thing where you'll get like dolphins will protect somebody from a shark to actually get together. But like large groups of animals don't always get together more than attacking a pack of something. You know what I'm saying? There's no yeah. gathering of sharks, worldwide federation of sharks gathering. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if, if other species had that. About that not existing. Dude, that would be the worst thing ever. <laughs> that would be awful. That would be a new nightmare for me. Um, and I truly do have that many nightmares just for the fact I'm not even, I'm not even making it up. It's just... It's just a thing. But um, as a species, we've learned how to communicate and, and, and expedite things to such an obnoxious level on good and bad that nothing, no animals have been able to do that. You know what I mean? There's such amazing things out there. A shark can have a, a live birth and have eggs. Like it's the same species. Yeah. What? So, I mean, yeah. a, 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 an animal like a dolphin or a porpoise, because they are different. Each one will have different things, have a different porpoise. They'll, they'll, they are intelligent enough to do things. You know what I mean? They actually attack. They'll actually gang up on somebody. They can find bombs. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They're not very they nice to female dolphins. Navy. Yeah, they work yeah. with the Navy. They're not very nice to female dolphins. They will actually attack them. It's it's they're, they're very malicious. I think it's more the porpoises. Uh, and I could be I could be wrong. Uh, if somebody should just Google it, they want the exact facts. The point is, they're very smart. But if they had organized, things could be different. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, on a big picture. I just had a very funny thought about these. What if they had a union? And they're like. Okay, U.S. Navy, we're finding bombs for you at, at great danger, yeah. and you feed us with fish. Yeah. I mean, we want to see some. We we need some better. We need some cash. We need some rights, and we want a damn pension. Childhood, people, like people that are, unless you're really eccentric in music, like like me, and then to you as a career, they kind of like stop at a certain point. Like your growth of music ends, like when you go to college after college. Like the influential yeah, things I've of music heard, are like. About. If you think about, if you talk to somebody, even 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 some of your fans will be like, "Yeah, that was best when I was in a journey." They don't do anything good now. I'm like, they, some of these bands, journey, whatever these bands have done, some of their best work ever. If you have really listen to it, does it have to hit you as you're a rebellious teenager and you think nobody loves you? And, and that love song is because you're your first love, and your first love is an emotion. When you're a teenager, what is it? Teenage love or child love is, um, you know, to teens, nothing is like what exponentially more than a normal love feeling your body feels like 10%, 10 times or something, something, something out there where they say yeah. is, you feel that feeling like it's overwhelming, like you can't, you know what I mean? And you hear it with a, with a song for the first time. It's the first time you're hearing music and you're, it's like your first time in a, in a restaurant. Like it's so much, it's so much sense. By the time you're in college and you're ending out and also you're getting a job, you're paying for this. You listen to your favorite songs for like memories or for like, like a jolt. You're not experiencing oh, yeah. music. People stop experiencing music on the, on the emotional and cerebral level. It's now become... Yeah. That's why we have cafe music. That's why we have somebody playing acoustic guitars because they don't care. You know, you have somebody's trying to get their music out there and the best they can be is somebody's background music, you know? And I think that's where it starts to change up a little bit and that affects how you feel. Yeah, totally. It's, it is a mind altering substance, except it's not a substance, is it? It's just barometric pressure, but it is, music is a shortcut to change your mood mm -hmm. and with the right combination of lyrics and melody and sound. Yep. I think you can, you can make powerful changes in the mental composition of that particular moment of consciousness. And if you look at how he used music, what's the first thing the church picked up when they were, when they were building the Vatican, they even had that secret tune, Te Deum. Yep. yep. And they would have kept it secret because it just, it, because it, and I've, you, I, I can tell you've heard it because you recognized it. Mm -hmm. And by God, doesn't that song just make you feel like you're lifted into the celestial, celestial sphere? Oh, yeah. Isn't it just mind boggling beauty? So it, it's music is so powerful that even though they built the 16th chapel, which, and the St. Peter's Dome, which only God knows what that cost. And, you know, it's probably had a budget, I would think. But they still, it's the music that did it. You can walk into that massive building. I've been there. And it's huge. And the statues are huge. And everything is marble. And how the how the dome doesn't fall down 
beyond my understanding. But the music is what moves you. Just some choir boys and you're in business. Yeah, two things I was thinking about when I go to a place that's fantastic. Instead of thinking about everything else, at first I think of who's doing a painting on this? Who's doing a touch of paint? It's got to be the worst thing ever. I clean the windows. And I think, God, music would sound great in this room. <laughs> that's you know? why they built them with those acoustics. Right. Because they yeah. knew if they were going to get all that cash, and this is, again, no offense to anyone. I have deep respect for the church. I really do. But I'm just saying that if you want the people to pay their taxes or their tenth or whatever it's called, when they collect money at the end, what's that called? What? When they the collect tax? money in church. Oh, um, exactly. Thank you. I don't know. But if oh you, God, want I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> been so many years since they've gone. Yeah. It will come to you when you don't look for it. Because, you know, so the moment you. It, it releases. When you're in the shower tonight, you know. Yeah. But but to make sure people dug deep in their pockets, they they needed to make God look like he was a big, powerful dude. So they built the huge church. But then that tune, that's what did it, because it tugged at the heartstrings. And that's what got people paying out of their deep pockets. Because, yeah, you can you can say that you're going to punish them with hell and purg purgatory and, and all these things. But in real life, if you move me, if you can move me, you have my heart and I will do I will do everything for right. you. Right. Inspiration. Yes. If you can move me, you've got me forever. Mm -hmm. I'll love you forever. You can threaten me and I'll I'll do whatever you say and you can have all my money and my phone, but move me and I'm yours. And that's another example of the of the great power of music in action. So it'll it'll help you through your first broken heart. Yep. It'll make sure you 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 believe in, in 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 the God that you're supposed to be believing in, and that you, that you actively believe that this God is something that you want to stick around and hang out with. Yeah, and it'll bring back all your memories, and it'll it'll calm you down if you got the seasonal depression like I get with this damn country, and I've got my smooth jazz soothing me, and I, you know, it just makes me laugh because I find it funny, and then laughter is of course the best medicine, thing. except for medicine. Yeah, well, it, well, yeah, except for medicine. But, uh, it's the second best medicine. It's second best medicine next to medicine. But I think the combination of laughter and medicine is... It's the best, medicine. actually. I agree with you. I laugh all the time. I I'm, a huge fan of, I'm a huge fan of P.G. Woodhouse, uh, the British author. And they use P.G. Woodhouse in cancer treatments in Sweden. Did you know this? I didn't. They read Woodhouse books and they get better. Really? Yeah, because it's, it's, it's the philosophy... Oh, his way of looking at the world through that humorous mm -hmm. lens is so crazy that they can look at their bad situation through another crazy lens perspective and 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 they can see that it's it's kind of funny too i'm not that familiar with it. i'll have to check that uh, work out i mean i'll have to check them out yeah, yeah it's the funniest books ever written and i i'm I'm a, I'm a mad collector as you can see oh wow those, you are a good collector those are, those are, are first good. editions are they and more more than so I'm, I'm, I'm one of these crazy collectors have you ever considered how come predators look good to us why is a shark beautiful and a sheep not so much no offense to sean the sheep but <laughs> but why why do we think predators are, are prettier or more elegant than the prey animals i don't know i don't, I don't know if that's always the case though i guess I think it depends on the view. Like some people think sharks are awful, or I think they're the perfectly balanced machine. Yeah, Alligators well, are designed perfectly for their environment, but I'm looking at it from a, a different aspect. Why do people love animals that are cuter, not the ugly ones? Same animal. Look at the dogs that have these crazy faces and they have no hair. The cats, people love those more than others. Some people like them, but that's because they have a different yeah, I perspective. Never got, I never got those shaved cats. I think they look right, but, but, but it's just a cat. Why yeah. you have such an emotion because it looks that way? So like that's like going like ugly people and good looking people. And what's a good looking person? Because they have the perfect face structure that our minds assimilate to be perfect. Like there's some psychology behind it, right? Not just yeah, because that's... they're a good person. You heard about what happened with the attractive students uh, during the times of COVID when the when the teachers couldn't see them, their grades uh, dropped. Did you read that? No, is that true? Yeah, because you know it sounds like a good joke, but it sounds actually true. If someone is attractive course they're going to get preferential treatment if they ask a question teach is going to be nicer 
Uh, and as you said, you assume that someone with perfect looks is going to have a perfect mind, as you, was the way you described it. And I think same applies to if, if you're ugly as hell, then people are just not going to be into you that much. And, uh, you know, they, they won't really mind giving you a bad grade or not giving you the benefit of the doubt if you're a sort of in-between stuff. And, you know, it's uh, it's a very, it's, it's an interesting thing because we automatically think good-looking things are good. We consider them good. I see that, and I, I think, and I think this is the difference of me. And I didn't realize when I was younger. Back to like, my autism is I've always viewed things differently, and it's always put me in the outs. I've gotten older. I've understood myself a little bit more. To me, I'll see people like a, like a supermodel, people like whatever. She's beautiful. I'm like, I don't think she's beautiful at all. And I'll, you'll hear something about like their attitude, or they say something like, "I mean, like that's something the ugliest thing ever." Kind of like that shallow Al, Al, Al whatever that movie when you saw somebody look the opposite of what you thought they were. Like Gwen oh, Paltrow yeah, was this thing. Yeah, so so like to me, it's always been like certain visuals and certain things people say has always affected my visual effect of what I think people are. I'm not a saint by any means, but I'm saying it was really what people see for beautiful, beautiful time to me has always been very baffling. You know? Yeah. When to me, it just seems like I don't get it. I mean, I guess on a visual, like it's perfect, like a car, the curves, I guess. I can see that. I do understand it. I can see where it's, you know, it's, it's perfection on some level, but I don't get where it's so attractive. Which is the difference of beauty and you know which probably if you could go it's probably a good note to end on but um what a great talk <laughs> yeah i mean uh time flew like hell yeah so uh, i uh i hope that you've uh enjoyed yourself somewhat and i hope i have i have yeah i have uh immensely and i hope that any listeners will be uh interested will be interested which uh and if they're not, just use us every night to help you fall asleep. And we're very, you know, we find it's very yeah, relaxing. Then, then, yeah, then, At least use find some positive from this our talk because um, <laughs> the ultimate ASMR is you know is us. The year and two yeah. dudes. Just, uh, <laughs> I really have a good time. We'll have to we'll have to do this again. Um, yeah, we should do this again sometime. And um, uh, and now I'm gonna now I'm gonna go back and watch all 350 episodes of your podcast. <laughs> so uh, you may hear me, you may hear some redundancy. Um, and some of my fears, but I well, probably we pretty, should pretty, 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 pretty explicit about some of my, my yeah, dreams. And I'll, to you. I'll write you a terrible critique if you say anything stupid in any one oh of God. them. 351, I'll send you a list. People, well, you there said are people do that 149. Don't. I was disappointed that you said, you, so you know, you it's funny. I'm gonna say that to that is, is people have done that, like have a complaint about something. And, and a younger version of Sean would have been like hurt, you know what I mean. I wrote a joke one time that ended up on the front page of some website that got, I think it got like 100,000 views a day, right? Yeah. And they took my joke and they put it on the front page. Three people slagged it, Yeah. right? I was crushed. Yeah. And that's... I looked at it and I'm like, 97,000 other people either glazed over it, didn't care, or were like, eh. you know what I'm saying? Or like Three people. Yeah, but... you know, and I, it crushed me. Yeah, but we always remember... If you get nine uh, nine great uh, great reviews and one bad, <laughs> it's the last one that kills you, and it's the last one you lie at night obsessing over. <laughs> and to that point, I'd like to think on a small level, I've gotten things like that now. People have <laughs> comments, and I'll actually write back. Thank you for taking the time, a yeah. to watch the show. Yeah. Thank you for thank you for taking time to share your opinion. <laughs> maybe they're not putting it in a perfect way, and maybe they are kind of being kind of jerky about it. But thank you for engaging. I mean, it's better to engage, and it's that's still your view. It really has very little to do with me how people take our talk today has very little to do with our engaging they can appreciate it they can observe it they can disagree with it they can feel emotions but how they feel is not us and i would like to let everyone know that my coughing now i'm not dying just has something in my throat but you're going to the doctor so but i will be i will be alive tomorrow thank you very much and now uh, i hope that you haven't now spread your 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 nightmares about sharks disease to me <laughs> look up alligators in the in the trees though that's the one thing yeah, if you take I'm, away I'm one thing from this talk as an experiment i'm going to do that right before i go to bed i'll let you know if i get a, a bad and i'm going to look up that author and that band so um, yeah pg woodhouse is is for the world.